Welcome to Across the Park Podcast, a football podcast on both Everton and Liverpool Football Club, hosted and produced by a group of friends from both sides of the park. We pride ourselves in bringing you the very best conversation from the ongoing matters at both clubs, providing banter and debate. We also release regular specials with guests connected to both clubs, providing insights and interviews never heard before. The back catalogue of these shows is available on our website, acrosstheparkpodcast.co.uk. Don't forget to hit subscribe to Across the Park Podcast on your favourite listening app, and please give us a follow on our social media. Head over to Instagram or Twitter and search at Across the Park PC, or Facebook, search Across the Park. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Today's podcast is brought to you by Camper Kings. When you have the freedom to choose, where will you go? Hiring a camper van from Camper Kings means you've just bought a ticket to adventure. Camper Kings offer a stunning range of quirky camper vans and luxury motorhomes with modern and stylish features, providing you with a safe staycation escape. Adventure awaits at camperkings.co.uk and you can follow them on Instagram at camperkings.co.uk. For Across the Park listeners only, there's a free bottle of champagne and free insurance when you quote Across the Park. Hello everyone, welcome to Across the Park podcast, episode 6 of the 2021-2022 season. Myself, Gary Judge and Andrew Price representing the blue side tonight and we've got Phil Roberts and Gary Ro- Gary Roberts. He's <laughs> <laughs> the play for someone, Gary Roberts, didn't he? And Gary Murray, of course, representing the red side. Uh, mixed fortunes or mixed results certainly this week, not in keeping with so f- what we've had so far. We'll be reviewing Liverpool's 3-0 victory against Palace at Anfield and Everton's extremely disappointing 3-0 defeat to Aston Villa at Villa Park. We'll be previewing the cup games early on in the episode so that hopefully our listeners can catch them before the games themselves tomorrow night. Then we'll have our usual social media section where we'll be covering any questions that have come in over the, the last week or so, specifically those about the impending departure of James Rodriguez. We'll then have our usual higher or lower, which will be hosted this week by Andrew Price, before This Week in History and the previews of next week's games. So without further ado, we're going to start with the review of Liverpool's victory home to Crystal Palace. Um, Again, I suppose on paper, what looked like a fairly straightforward fixture. It wasn't wasn't so easy, I think, some rocky moments early on in the game, but pleased with the three points in the performance, ultimately, lads. Yeah, I mean, it it was a 3-0 victory, obviously, but it was very hard fought. It wasn't like so much that we hammered them. Um, and when I say hard fought, though, I don't mean that apart from that early little weird scare when the ball was bouncing around in the box. I don't mean that they were like threatening us loads, but it was a case of it was just a hard fought game all over the pitch. They're dead big, aren't they? Just I was obviously at the game, just looking around the team, just going, these are absolutely massive up and down the park. And so it was like a dead physical game and it was a tough one. You've got to win the battle before you earn the right to play. And <clears throat> I think we've done that, which was, you know, really pleasing to see. But the big thing, wasn't it, Gary, going into this game was it was a new back four that we'd never seen before. We had Simicast left back and James Milner right back and the new lad, Canate, playing alongside Van Dijk. And so everyone was thinking, oh, it's mad this. But wait, how, how, how do you think we got on? Yeah, I don't think any of them put a foot wrong. You know, we've seen Simicast a few times now and, you know, start of the season when Robertson was injured and he, he debutised for a few games. He um, he looks he looks like he can slot right in as soon as as soon as he's needed. And, you know, I've got absolutely no complaints with him starting any game, really, because he, yeah. he's, 
he's physical, he'll get stuck in. He, he's a good defender, but he gets falls and throws crosses in at will as well. So yeah. for me, he, he was he was brilliant. And James Milner, what can you say about him? He's just he's coming up against a, a, a lad there who's who's probably their most dangerous player. And you know, he has caused us problems in the past coming in from that left wing and caused James Milner problems in the past. In the yeah, past, yeah. yeah. He did, yeah. yeah. And but this game he didn't get a sniff whatsoever. Mil I think Milner adjusted his game in a way that he didn't give him any space whatsoever. He was whenever he was on the ball, Milner was on top of him. He, he was like a shadow all game it defensively, but but again didn't restrict him getting forward. No, you know, I he, was he, sitting, Gary, I was sitting in the Kenny Daglish six rows back, kind of right in front of Milner. And it was it was watching him like up close. It was his level of alertness. Anytime that ball was potentially coming to um to Zaha, he was just nipping in and cutting it out. I don't know if that come across on the telly as much, but just to see how proper alert he was and right switched on for 90 minutes, it was really high level stuff. Like Phil, yeah, like but... watching the door in the in the, uh, the R and B clubs. Back in the... <laughs> <laughs> just, the just on Milner as well before we go. Let's move on from that. I just want to say, yeah, touches 113, ranked first out of all 22 players on the pitch. Passes 69, ranked first. Passes in opposition half, 40, ranked first. Crosses 13, ranked first. Tackles four, ranked first. Distance covered at his age, 10.93 kilometers, ranked first. Sprints 19, ranked first. At 35, 36 years old, unbelievable. Yeah, he's a freak of nature. That's the only way to describe him. He's just he, he doesn't he doesn't slow down ever. He doesn't ever go missing in games. And again, his performance levels you, you just know whenever he's on the pitch, you know you're getting a seven, eight out of ten every game. He's just a machine. And a yellow card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he loves one of them. Like it's nice to uh, see. The big fella, Gary. Yeah, the Canate. He, he had a couple of little duels where he had to he had to be strong and be yeah. quick with with them with their players going going through on goal and. Anything he was he faced up against, he was he, he done remarkably. You know, he, he didn't really put a foot wrong. Not that not that I could see anyway. There was that time that sort he sort of got um, turned to run towards our own goal. He was kind of in a race with Ben Teke, and Ben Teke had him, himself between the ball and Kanate, uh, and he did catch up and make up for it and do enough to pull Ben Teke off. But I thought that was a little eye opener for him. Where I thought pre you could tell that previously he's relied on that size and strength. And it's been dead easy for him. And whereas in the Premier, he's had to go, oh, hang on a minute. It's not just that easy. I've got to switch on. I've got to use my strength quite a lot rather than just rely on it. But I think after he had that little eye opener, that, that was it then. I think he looked really comfortable. Yeah, he settled right into the game. I think it obviously helps when you're playing alongside Van Dijk. You know, yeah. we've seen it with seen it with Gomez, we've seen it with Matter. Whenever they are alongside Van Dijk, it, they, they play a lot better. But He's still got a he's still got to compete in, in them duels that he that he's come up against like Benteke and that and you know he's you can't really complain with him so for me it was a, it was a good start for him. Yeah, him in the team now is it? He's in the team and I don't think so. No, I, I think Matip will come back in. Matip's one. I think I think it'd be a, a bit sly on Matip if you took him out for you know for long term because he he hasn't put a foot wrong. He's been as good as as uh, Van Dijk has been and. You know, for me, that partnership is our best partnership for now. He's, he's obviously, I was going to say from Klopp's perspective, the last thing he wants is is a repeat of last year where when the injuries came, he, he didn't have, you know, players to count on. I think he wants to probably use that depth a bit more, doesn't he, during the season so that 
if there are injuries, it's not going to be a big, you know, it was a... Yeah, nobody's coming in cold. He's had a different back four in, in the week here in the Champions League as well, didn't you? Different centre-back pair. Yeah. So, it was a complete complete change in the back four. Yeah, four changes in, in midweek and then six changes um, against Palace. So it's like, we're starting to show the, the you know, people were talking about the lack of a, a quality, depth, you know, quality in depth or strength in depth. And I think, you know, the last couple of games have gone to show that maybe maybe there isn't so much of an issue after all. I mean, I think I think the the problem with the strength and depth is we've got strength and depth in some areas, but then in other areas, meaning you lose Salah, who's coming into as good as Salah to replace him. You lose Salah and Mane, you're looking really thin then, aren't you? It's all it's always been the forward positions. Yeah, and all last like... season, and all last season we were lacking in centre back positions, but that was like a freak where a freak where we had three or four centre backs all out injured. That doesn't happen. Salah, it's just touching on Salah there, Gary. Unreal. I think this is the best he's looked in his career. Maybe even better than when he bagged 40 goals that season. Um, it's just all over the pitch. His decision-making it doesn't look crazy this season. Putting in work in the right-back position, winning the ball back. I think there's a shout to say he's the best player on the earth at the moment. I know Messi and Ronaldo are still going. But they're old. They're getting old. I know Ronaldo's still producing. But... Um, I think Lewandowski might have something to say about that, Phil. To be yeah, he might have, but there's an argument yeah. to that. Just, 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 just on that one, does it does it change your... And I'm, I can't remember what your opinion on this was anyway, but does it change your feelings or does it impact on your feelings about his contract demands now? Would you just give him whatever he wants? You've got to operate within the realms of, of what you're able to give, haven't you? But I'd love to be able to give him what he wants. But the chat was 500 grand a week, wasn't it? Um, you know, if we give him that and then, I don't know, we're bringing new players in or Van Dyke wants to renegotiate or stuff. I don't know what it does to all that, but from a fan's perspective, and, you know, when it goes to show, like, like all these other clubs that are fighting for the best strikers in the world at the moment and everyone's making big signings, we've got two of the best strikers in the world already. So, and, and just, you know, touching on Mane there, I think... You know, he's in a drought, isn't he? But that's what people are saying. I'm hearing all kinds of criticism about Mane. I think he scored 13 in his last 14 Prem games and he looks frightening on the ball, looks unplayable at times. So, you know, I think we're all right. You're saying there, Gary, who we got to come in as good as Salah. It's not, it, that's impossible. And we've got... I, yeah, I'm not, I don't mean, I don't mean it as, as good as Salah because that's, that's obviously... You don't do that. You, you can't have two players who are, who are that yeah. good to be a, a backup. But... What I mean is, you're you can't we can't still be relying on a Rigi if we if we really have to. That, no, that's my point. Look good in midweek, but he looked better than he has been. I, I wouldn't get carried away. He looked better than he has been. Yeah, yeah. And just on that, I suppose it's worth talking about Jota because I think he's a bit off for myself. He's the link, the link up playing the goals not quite there. Last I just week. I just think the only thing he's missing is the goals. I I, I don't think he's he's been his players put. Poor whatsoever. I think he's still in the game. He's still affecting games, and he's still getting in them positions what he was always getting in at the start. Only he's not putting them away at the moment. Thankfully, we're not we're not relying on him to get goals at the minute because you know the, the others are still bagging. So yeah. you know, hopefully that that will come back again. And once it does, God help whoever that team is. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm sure it will. But yeah, definitely. And I'm, I'm looking at the midfield as well. I, I, this is the midfield I've been waiting to see for so well. You know, this season we haven't started with it yet, but I was really looking forward to it. Henderson, um, Thiago, and obviously Fabinho, and 
it was a tough game for them to shine in because it was a real battle. Do you know what I mean? But well, what did you make of them? Well, for me, the, the fact that it was a battle and, and we were still on top, we were still the better team and, he, and they came out as, as being on top of that midfield. That's a good thing for me because you're expecting Thiago to be this flair player who's who's just playing the balls forwards and and you know being a bit of a link up play. Fabinho's Fabinho, you know what you're getting out of him anyway. And Henderson doesn't really have to have, have many like of them type battles in games because we we do tend to more or less bypass the midfield, but we didn't in this game and we we were strong and we we did win them individual battles and we did enforce ourselves on the game as opposed to being bullied a bit which is what can easily happen against that that type of side and yeah. you know f- for me it's it's not it's not always about the you know the the easy on the ice stuff that the midfield can do it, it's these type of games as well like you need them to be able to perform in and they rose to the occasion you say that that reminds me of when we were in the league 1920 season that's how it kind of went wasn't it it's like we had these games and we're necessarily just like Walking dead, you know, Man City or Barcelona, like, but we just don't look like conceding. We're winning battles, you know. Teams are thinking, How are we going to beat Liverpool? Because one's not going to be enough. You've got to put two past them, and how are we going to score two? You know, it, it feels like that to me again. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree. We're, we're, we're looking strong. I'd, I just don't know how, how to take the season now because there's that meant there's going to be that many contenders. I, I don't think it's a, it's as. I don't think it'll be as many points as what I've won at the last few seasons. Um, I think there's going to be a, a lot of a lot of up and down between a few of the top four. You know, City are obviously going to be up there. Chelsea are definitely going to be up there. We'll be up there. United are still looking good, even though even though they struggled a bit against West Ham. They they're still looking a good side. They've got a they've got a quality attacking force. So they're probably going to be there or thereabouts. Maybe they might fall away towards the end of the season, but that's no guarantee. You know what they're like. They, they, they just win, don't they, when they need to? Yeah. So I think I think it's going. Yeah, but they do that every year. They, they wobble early on, and then they, they just go and put fifteen uh, wins streak up. What can you do? Yeah. Naby Keita's goal can't move on without talking about that fantastic ball. He, he's come on there. We didn't lose tempo when he come on. Um, yeah, also yeah, really, that, I, I you wrote, we've wrote him off, haven't you? Before is he, is he back in the? I was just no, going like, to say. I, I'd temper that. Stew, though, Gary. You know what I mean? I'd just temper it with Jaggy Elka scored a shins one in at the cop end. <laughs> I know, but... Is he not playing better this season? Because he's had a time on the pitch, hasn't he, Keita? I think he is. He, he's, he's definitely put, put a few better performances in. You know, I'm, I'm obviously being a bit negative there, but it's because we've been stung by him so many times. But um, he's, yeah, he's, he is definitely playing better. He's definitely looking more, more like the player we thought we were signing as opposed to the one we've had for the past couple of years. So, you know, long may that continue. If he stays fit and he can keep these performances up, then, you know, there's, there's a player there to do a job for us throughout the season. Um, What's changed, just not... What's changed in his performances that he weren't doing previously? I, I think, for one, the fitness side of it, he's, he's getting, he can have a little bit of a run of games and, and some proper training with the team. So that's going to help massively anyway. Um, but on the pitch, he's just... I don't think he's trying to keep hold of it as long as he did. No, you know, he, he was... Yeah, he was, he was always trying to... It would always be that one extra step, and then he'd try and release it, and it'd be too much. I think he's learnt now that you don't get as much time, and you've got to be a lot quicker on the ball in the prem. And it, all right, it's it's been two and a half, three years, but he's finally learnt that, and it, it's working for him now. He's releasing the ball, he's getting up the pitch, he's he's moving us up the pitch. So you know, if that can continue and he can stay fit, that there is a player there. The definitely. week where 
we looked amazing. Can't remember who it was. Everyone was bombing forward and all that. And he was just like, the game was going on around him. So he still has moments like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's not the, but he's just walking a bit better. And I just talking about the Palace game. Just credit where it's due. You know what I mean? He come on, he scored a win, like a boss goal. He's the tempo didn't slow and stuff like that. So and that's the, that's a big field depth. Our, our midfield depth issue is that it's Ox and it's Kate and it's Milner and how reliable are they? But you know, we don't know that yet. But if it continues like this, then we've got great strength in depth. Is it yeah. all? Is it also that the expectations have now been tempered a bit, and it's like. Not your expectations have been lowered, but you know it's like any any player who comes in in that fee. And you were saying, you know, I haven't seen him in the Bundesliga. You're expecting him to come in and, and boss the midfield and be that box to box midfielder that, that you wanted. Now that you've kind of, you know, you're not expecting that anymore. Is it, is it probably just a little bit more comfortable for him to go? Well, I can, you know, I can come into the team. I can do what I do, and there's maybe not as much pressure anymore. Could be playing a part. I mean. Yeah, he's not expected to absolutely boss games now. Uh, I suppose not, but um, but the level's high though, Judgy, of of the others. So he's at least got to be in and around that level, hasn't he? And and he hasn't been to date. So, but he's had a good preseason. He's he's done okay so far. And you know if he can stay fit, and I think if he's getting minutes regularly, that'll contribute to to um, consistency, which has been. His major, major issue when he has been playing. Thought I'd give him moments, but he hasn't been consistent. But I think Klopp's learned from last season that got to rotate. We, we already all hyper rotating quite heavily. And if you want to compete on all them fronts, but the more we do, obviously, the more minutes people will get. And hopefully that'll help. Well, on that note, um, you expect a more rotation tomorrow, not at your way in the, in the League Cup? Probably wholesale changes. Klopp's reverted back to sending Pep Linders out when it's League Cup interviews. Yeah. Yeah. He's just not interested in it. So I don't know whether that stems from the, the that fixture congestion where we had to play the 16s and he's just he's just decided, okay, well, I've got no time for you now. Then I don't know whether it stems from that. But you, he just. How do you feel about it then? I, don't get me wrong. I, everyone loves a cup run. Everyone loves a tip to Wembley. I, I wouldn't mind us getting there. But if, if it. If it means we we have a stronger run at the league and a stronger run in the Champions League, then it's one of them. And you you don't really pay much attention to the League Cup until it gets to the semi final. I, I no, think if if you spares and your manager's doing that, you're not happy. But Klopp's obviously said, "Look, I'm not into it. I'll sacrifice that in the in the sort of to try and win the league in the Champions League." And we've been to the Champions League twice. We've won the league, so you can't really argue with it with his. Uh, with his philosophy. I think if we weren't picking up medals and we weren't challenging in finals, then you could start to say, hang on a minute, that's a good chance for a cup, that and stuff. But, I, I, you know, I'd like to see us go strong in every game, but we haven't got quite got the, you know, the money in the squad depth that Chelsea, City and United have got. So, maybe, maybe it will just, it's it's more harmful to go for it. I don't know. Is there all Myers? No way. No way. No way. Is it not disrespectful to those away fans that are going down to Norwich? That club's not bothered about it. I don't think they're going. They're supporters of the club. They want. They want what's best for the club. It's like you can throw your all at that one game, but then lose. lose I don't mean in terms. Of, I don't mean in terms. I don't mean in terms of who he's going to play. I mean in terms of the fact that he's not even bothered to do interviews. He's sending his assistants, as he's just mentioned, Gary. It's a bit disrespectful to the fans who are going to the game. I, I think personally, 
you're paying your money and going down to Norwich and your manager can't even be bothered to, to do a pre-match interview because he's not bothered about the competition then. I don't know. Just, just, I just think that's a bit disrespectful to the fans, personally. It, it, could, it could probably be viewed as that, but I think... I think the fans understand the, the situation that we're in, the situation we've been in with the competition the last over the last couple of years. And you know, it's one of them. You you, you take things like that on the chin when you when the team's performing and you know you are challenging for the, the competitions you want to be challenging for. So, you know, I think it, it, it might be a case of, you know, we don't know whether Pep Linders is looking at going into management after after this job when Klopp leaves. We don't know if he's being primed for for the job at Liverpool. He might be getting Getting the sort of name out there and getting himself into the into the press a bit and doing these type of things in the in the competitions that aren't as big, it, you just don't know what's going on behind the scenes. So, the far fetched that isn't it? But, no, um, well, Pep Linders has been doing the uh, the league cup interviews for a long time, so I think yeah, he's not going to be your next manager, is he? Yeah, but I think it is part of Klopp saying, you know, I'll help you with <clears> your career. Any manager does that. What's your aspirations for the future? I mean, in any line of work, I mean. Okay, how can I help you get there? Like I don't know. It could be. It could just be simple as that. <laughs> but the Thanks thing is, taking charge of QPR tomorrow because he wants know, to be a manager. We know what it, Sorry, go on, Gary. Or it could be the fact that Klopp just doesn't care and he's like, that's right, what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what it seems like, doesn't it? <laughs> it could be, but he's not a disrespectful man, is he? It, he clearly cares about these fans, our, our fan group, and stuff like that. So it's out of character for him to say to to do it for that reason or or whatever. So. Enough. But it's a fair enough observation. It's a, it's a, it's one way that you could look at it. If you just go back to the, the original question about changes, anyway, what are you yeah. expecting, Phil, from the team? Yeah, I'm just trying to think who are who are the periphery players. I think. I think you're looking at Keller and in goal, aren't you? Um, yeah. Simicas is probably going to play again. Um, then you maybe Gomez, Canate play together. Yeah. Uh, basically, what what team you're looking at against Brentford and not that. <laughs> that's, that's what I. That's what well, I. Well, yeah, but that, that that's like if you will, if you will, the B team, Gary. But is there is there more peripheral players? Is there a load of kids? Could this there's, be a well? There's, there's talk of Gordon getting his first game, isn't it? The, the, the forwards. He, he's only a kid, um. So he he's probably looking at starting. Arigi's probably going to start. Minamino will start. Yeah, definitely. Oxley Chamberlain will probably start. Yeah. You know, you, there's all them players, all of them fringe players who who need minutes. They're Jones. all probably. He, yeah, Jones is gonna. They've already said Jones is gonna start it. I think it's his fiftieth game for Liverpool. Um, so you know, the, all them players who need minutes, who are always on the bench, who was looking to get the last half hour, twenty minutes of games, they're all gonna get get a start, aren't they? So, um, I'd like to think we still they'll still have enough to beat a winless Norwich. But um, you know, if if they're ever gonna win a game, it's it's either this or the weekend, isn't it? Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Yeah. So, on them yeah. predictions? Um, I think it'll be it, with us making wholesale changes. It'll probably be tough, and they'll see it as a game to to maybe have a go at. I'll say three two Liverpool. Yeah, I really like Pukki, mate. I, I just think he's a boss player. Um, so I think against inexperience or a lack of continuity, I think he he, he might be able to exploit that. So I think they'll score, and I'll, I'll yeah, I'll like Ogani three one. I said three two. Oh, 3-2, 3-1. Hate to rain on your play, Phil, but I don't even think Pukki will play. I mean, saying that, he's not going to want to get absolutely spanked, but I think he'll know that you're usually going to put a second string side. I don't think he... I think he made 11 changes in the last round. Um, it's not one of them, by the way, where it's just like a little me thing. 
and no one else agrees, like many things, or is he a boss player? Do you think he's a boss player too? Hookie? Yeah. No. I think he's I a... Don't know where the net is, is he? dead clever, uh, just dead technical. Are you not basing that on his, his debut season in the Prem? They played his first game, and, and he, he, I think he scored two, didn't he? And he, he looked good, but absolutely <laughs> fell off a cliff after that. Scored, he scored at the weekends as well, didn't he? Good goal. I, I just think he's a good player. He's decent, like, but... He's definitely got a finish in him, like... You think about it, who, who else in the Prem, with the exception of maybe the bottom five or six, Everton. would go out, go out of the way to buy it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think he lacks some attributes, physical attributes, but I think as a player, though, I think he's got it. But, yeah, anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll, we'll move on, unfortunately, Pricey. Um... Villa Park Saturday night. Um, obviously, you know we were missing. You know when the team came out, I, I was shocked. <laughs> he, he kept those injuries really quiet. I mean, obviously the the Calvert-Lewin one we knew about, but missing Pickford on top of that, Coleman and also Richarlison um, was you know was disappointing. And then you know you you see the first half. I think I think we done okay. I think I think we dealt with them fairly well in the first half, and, and you know we looked we looked a threat on the break, but. Ultimately disappointing to to lose three and on the end. What what was your your take on it? Um, the missing players were the was was the big was the big story and the fact that we had to then play uh, Rondon up front. Um, I think was probably not fair on him because he, he was clearly not match fit for me. He done all right. Um, clearly not match fit, and I think that was that was probably the big the big thing for me for the from, the, from that first half especially because as you say we don't. We done all right. I mean, I couldn't say we played well, particularly in, in, in any part of the game. We done all right. They had more possession, which is fine. That's that's the way we've been playing. Tried to catch them on the counter attack. We had a couple of good fast breaks with with Gray and Townsend involved. Who I thought both played, you know, decent. Um, but it was just I think lacking that that that, that final third and, and Ronda. Obviously, I think I can think of one where he, he just couldn't get on the end one, probably half a yard mm. off the pace because of that. Um, he was he was trying hard. He you know had a couple of good touches. I was up a couple of times, but I think that was where it fell down. Um, and then also oh. also Wobi. I mean I don't know why you think he played, but I think he just showed his limitations for me. I think he just that's what you're going to get from him. He'll, he'll work hard, a few good touches, but ultimately he's he's not. You can't rely on him to to create something or to put that final ball in or to get you a goal. Judgey, um, just be, oh sorry, just before you come in on this, Judgey, I'll just mention now it's a good time to bring it up. Matty messaged us on the website and said, Rondon, unfit, but the only way to get match fit is to play matches. I thought he did okay. He's not Calvert Lewin or Richarlison. He's his own player, and we have to give him a few games to see him at his best. Only then can we judge. Yeah, I don't think anyone anyone judged him at the weekend. I think Pricey's assessment was spot on. Um, he clearly wasn't match fit. He held the ball up well, you know, some decent touches. He was, he was a little bit unfortunate. I think, I think the chance Pricey was referring to came to him a little bit early in the game. Where he was probably really rusty as well. It's coming come into him. He's probably took a touch where I think if he was a little bit sharper, he would have took a first time. But no, I don't I don't think anyone come out of that game thinking oh he's useless or or, or seeing anything from him that, that made you think that you didn't want to see him on the pitch or anything like that. So, yeah, I think I think Matty's right, and I don't think many blues would disagree with that either. Coming back to Pricey's point about Awobi, um Again, you know, we, we, we spoke about it the other week where he'd done okay, but, you know, you're just waiting for him to... You're waiting for him to have the opportunity to take the game by the scruff of the neck and to either take it or not take it. You know, no Richarlison, no Calvert-Lewin. 
he, he really, you know, I know, I know Gray's been in form. I, I thought Gray played well again. But, you know, from a, a, a seniority point of view, players have been at the club for a period of time. He was the main man there in, in that kind of attacking corset who you're going, OK, well, we paid a big fee for you. you you've had a decent start to the season. Benitez has done everything he can to, to big you up, to give you responsibility, and here's a chance for you. And again, he's just flattered to deceive. Um, he's a good link-up man. I've said that in, a, in the analysis of his first few performances this season. He does well when other players around him are playing well. When they aren't or when they're not there, he just hasn't got it in his locker to go and make something happen himself or create something out of nothing. Even, you know, Gray and Townsend have done that in the first few games this season. They've already done more, you know, in terms of winning games with their own contribution than he has in his Everton career over whatever it is, nearly two seasons now. So, yeah, I agree with you. It's disappointing again from him. And and again, just just probably um, identifying why what a frustrating player he is to, to have about. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And he he has been looking better the last few few games or the first few games of the season. But ultimately, the bottom line is that that's what you're going to get from. You're going to get him as you say, flatters to deceive. He looks like he's going to create something. And you throw to Will and Mon. He hasn't got that final ball. He hasn't got the goal in him. Um, so that was that. I think overall, second half. When we came out, um, you know what? I didn't think we played any different than what we played, say, Brighton. Uh, we just didn't score. We just, just didn't take the chances that we had. Just so we before we come on to the, that, obviously, that <coughs> spell that we had and the spell that, that ultimately won them the game, there was a there was a there was an opportunity for Gray at, at the other end where he's blatantly ripped off, like dragged right off his feet, mm. right on the edge of their area. He's questionably last man. The uh, cut, mm. what's his name again? Cut. Conza, Conza who takes him down. The ref gives nothing. Why am Val looking at that? Is it just because it's not going to be a penalty? Yeah, I don't think they it, can look at fouls like that, like free kicks on the pitch. They don't need to look at that, do they? No, it's only if it's a potential penalty. It's a penalty, isn't it? For me, that's a sending off. Like he's last man, he's right on the edge of the area. And you know, it's it was definitely a foul, wasn't it? It was I think, I think when it comes to sentence off as well, because they do review potential red cards, but I think that's for only if it's serious foul play. Yeah, I, th- I think I think you know without without um, going too heavy on Varia because I don't think that's the point I was trying to make. I think it's the fact the referee decides it wasn't even a foul. Yeah, I can't look at it either, and he says he's seen it, but it was ridiculous. Like yeah. no one's. <coughs> I think the issue was he got pulled and he saw he looked like he tried to stay stay. Yeah, instead because he was he was back. making yeah, instead of just going down straight away, he tried to make something of it and tried to uh, keep. You know, keep the ball and get it because he would have been like one on one. There was, I think, there's defender coming across, but would have pretty much been been one on one, wouldn't he? So I think he was just hoping for that. And then when he did manage to, uh, sorry, when he didn't manage to to get away from the defender because he pulled him, he he should have. Well, by that point, I think the refs just thought he's he's lost the ball and he's trying to trying to stop it. But yeah, I agree. It was definitely a definitely a foul. Um, and then Gray had the other the chance just before Villa scored then as well, which similar to the one he scored at Leeds, wasn't it? If that had gone in, I think it would have been. We would have pushed on and we maybe got another one. I think they would have they would have went. It was whoever scored first um type of game for me and then missed that. They could they take they take their chance and then I just completely went. It, it, I mean, you've got the first two goals, you, you've got to look at look at Luca Dean, haven't you? I mean he, in the first half, I think a few of the lads in our group were saying he's been poor in this first half. And I agree, to be honest, on the ball, he looked a little bit sluggish. I don't know if it's the international break sometimes with him. I think he played two full games for 
for France, then comes back and plays, uh, you know, another full game for us. I think sometimes he, he can, he's got a tendency to be like that. Um, he's obviously another player who's given a bit of extra responsibility on the night, being captain. I don't know if it was a little bit too much for him or, or whatever, but he definitely seemed to be be off it, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, I don't think he stood out as being one of the worst players from what from what from my you know in my opinion, but but yeah, yeah, he hasn't looked him, he hasn't looked himself. I don't think he hasn't looked. But even towards the end of last season, he didn't look like he was the player he was previously before that in terms of like that that got that first goal where uh, the right back I forget his name Cash wasn't it? Yeah, Massey Cash. Yeah, yeah, he, like he. He, got, he looked lost. He looked like he was completely out of position. Didn't know where his man was. Wasn't looking around. Wasn't aware of what was going on. And he sort of he's got that. I think he's got that in him defensively. Um, Fall asleep. Yeah, falling asleep. Yeah, and I think he's got it. And there was there was that one which I thought was you know as I said he, he should have just knew where his man was, knew where the ball was, been in a different position, and, and could have easily cut that one out. I thought that was a really sloppy one to give away. Um, the second one. Yeah, Luca Dean, but I think the keeper as well. I think the, yeah, keeper, the, keepers, the keeper's he? got it. She kind of come and shout yeah. for her and just clear everything. And, and Cathy could have caught it. It was coming straight, you know, pretty much straight to him. He could have just cleared everyone, give it a big shout, caught it, and, and everyone's happy. So, yeah, sort of do agree that Dean could have done better, but he wasn't helped by the keeper on that one. Um, Begovic, but, you know. Right, do you say, you say there wasn't um, a lot between the sides there, Pricey, and Sometimes you see that when you watch the, the big teams play all the teams. And I, this isn't bait, but one of the things that I think the difference was quality. You look at the two of their goals, and it looked like the teams are quite even, but it was that it was the quality for the finishes and that little bit of magic that they were able to produce and Everton didn't seem to have in the locker. Quality on the day, yeah. But we've 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 produced that quality this season already. So it's not that we haven't got the quality. Quality on the day, definitely. They took their chances. We didn't. It, it happens sometimes. Um, and I think that's the only difference between our performance and Villa. And as I said, well, it wasn't just that they took the chances, though. It, it, they, were, they were pretty special. Two of them goals, weren't they? No, they were all, no. all mistakes. Every one of them. Massy Cash is decent. The first one, he's gone, gone a bit of a mazy run, but the third one was basically we pushed high up the pitch and he, he's got about 60 yards of space in front of him. Anyone with ben, any yards? Yeah, ben Goffey stood as a left-back. He's meant to be right-back. He's right over there. Just left the, the whole half of the pitch for him. So he only takes a little ball and he's, he's through then, isn't he? So, yeah, the finishes, I get what you're saying with the finishes, but they weren't, weren't especially in the goals. They were just having mistakes as far as I could tell. Like, um, As I say, it's quality on the day. 100% Villa produced and we never... Well, quality overall, I think we've we've proven, and you know, Gray and Townsend have, in particular, have uh, have shown that quality. High level. What? What's that? <laughs> that was so Gray. random. Gray and Townsend, high level. You're saying it wasn't. You're saying it wasn't. You're saying that wasn't bait before, but you know what you're saying about oh, we had a difference in quality. We've been missing our two best forwards by by yeah. a mile. You know when you're missing. Particularly the way that Benitez has been playing so far, but it's been direct, you know, get the ball forwards, get it into those players. Those are the two players that make the ball stick. You know, whether it's Calvert-Lewin getting flick-ons or Calvert-Lewin just holding the ball up over Charles and drawing fouls, they get us higher up the pitch consistently. And, you know, say what you like about Charleston's stroppiness and his performances so far. Evertonians, again, were reminded how much of a difference he makes in terms of that side of his game. You know, whether he scores or doesn't score, the opponents find him hard to deal with and, and he does make the ball stick and he holds the ball up and draws fouls and 
again can can give us that kind of territorial dominance that that we lacked. I think the other day today, I think we kept okay possession at times. I think we had some decent moments, but we didn't really for you know push the opposition back very much. And and I think the other thing, Price, as well, there was a distinct lack of like pressing from the front, wasn't there? You know, well, looked, yeah, yeah. crawling along. You know, you've got Townsend who as as hard as he works, he's still athletically. You know, he's had better days, hasn't he? You know, in the past, and I think I think we lacked a lot of things without those two up there. And it is a, it is an ongoing concern for me now. The longer we have both of them missing, well, it was it was Rondon being not match fit, and then Rondon came off and was replaced by Gomez, and then you've got no chance of of, of, of pressing, and the ball is never going to stick up. So, and that's just because Rondon could knock it because he was tired, not against them. He obviously Benitez obviously doesn't fancy Sims or Sims isn't ready or whatever, so. Couldn't yeah. bring him on, so we're bringing a midfielder on, and Awobi's, you know, him and Awobi are pretty much he's a 10, and Awobi's a 9 up front. It's yeah. never going to stick. So, but yeah, the injuries are worrying because we're only in set. I mean, we said in the summer, the summer hasn't been a great summer in terms of, in terms of, uh, you know, who we bought, and, you know, you can, there's loads of reasons for that. But the fact that we're only in September, and we're already noticing that the, the squad's, you know, weak and, 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 and thin is worrying because it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen all season. There's going to be injuries. That's what happens. And we, we, we look really worryingly thin when, when those players are gone. There's, there's no it, one. Absolutely. Certainly in terms of like forward players in the in the mould of, of the two that we're missing at the moment. Obviously, Cheng Tosin's back in training at the moment. You know, I'm not I'm not saying he's anyone to be relied on whatsoever. Um, but it, I think he'll still be a welcome addition to the squad. You know, just having a, a forward in there who at least can can fill in as a natural forward and an experienced forward as well. Definitely, definitely. The more them, <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Because it's it's just like we didn't even have, we couldn't even, we didn't even have all our subs, did we? We had, a, I'm sure, we had one less sub than we could have had in terms yeah. of people sitting on the bench. So, yeah, you need numbers in there just to do something, but the quality is just not there. Is it? if you if Tozen's coming back, the quality. Said this in the summer, look, we haven't got the quality. That's it's a big concern. We have, we've got, an, um, you know, you can laugh at this all you want, Gary and Phil, but we at the moment, I think we've got an bang average squad. Well, we've got we've got a we've got a social media question all about that in a minute, but just just talking about like the the lack of um, available players you've got at the moment, are you going to be able to rotate much for your cup game? Yeah, well, I was going to come on to that. Yeah, I, I, I actually, despite what Price is saying, and he is right, um, I think we've got players you can play at that level. And don't get don't get me wrong, I think QPR will be a really difficult game for us tomorrow if we put put out a similar team to what we did against Huddersfield. Bearing in mind that obviously Moise Keane's not here anymore. He, he although he got sent off in the end, he, he you know he he started the game really well against Huddersfield and, and was and was a threat for them. Um, you know you're looking at Rondon's probably going to start again, isn't he? You know you got Tom Davies, Tom Davies who's going to come in. Who, who to be honest, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I don't even think he's good enough for the championship. I think that might be shown again tomorrow. Hope, hope it's not, but I think it might be. Um, you know outside. Oh, of that, no, come on, What's Gordon, that? Gordon will get Gordon probably get a game. Um, yeah, yeah, you'd think so, yeah. Again, so outside of yeah, that, it's you've, just got, all the usual. you've got John players, you've got players yeah. who, who were involved with the weekends. Andre Gomez will have to start, I'm sure. Yeah. Um he, he'll need the minutes himself. I you know, I was saying to the blues today, I don't know what the issue is at the moment. Um, you know, in, in the catalogue of issues that Gabamans has, but how long he's out for, you know, he, he should, this should be an ideal game for him, but, and I don't know whether Benitez was, he, he, this is an ideal game for him, Benitez thought, look, let's leave him out completely and get him an hour, 
against QPR. I'm hoping that's the case. Um, you know, we're going to come on to the, the departure of James Rodriguez in a bit, but again, it takes another body out of there, doesn't it? Another player that we can't really call upon. Hammers mm-hmm. does, yeah, yeah. And the quality, we said it before, the quality he's got, if he was in the squad, he should, you know, he should be he should be on the bench. He shouldn't be left out completely, but as you say, he's leaving. But what for, uh, what I know we're going to rotate players and, and, and we'll be right to do so as well against QPR, but the way the back, we haven't had a settled back four, and I'm just wondering whether we need to now look at who is our back four, who is our... I know is Coleman's... If Coleman's injured, fair enough, you know, Kenny will come in or whatever, but especially the, the, the centre two, who, who are our pair and who are our centre-backs. I think they need to get game time together, whoever it is, and build up an understanding, because at the moment, that's the area where we look like... There hasn't been... Well, there's no... There's no there is no two, is there, who you could say that Benitez is going to rely on and who've built up a good rapport between themselves. So I don't know whether even though it's a Carabao Cup game, play you two that you know are going to be playing in the Premiership and build up that understanding. I think touching on the depth, I think the main reason at the moment why why he's persistent with this back three is he knows we've got loads of centre-backs. Mm-hmm. So you've also got Brantwaite, who obviously hasn't been involved as much in the, in the league, but you've got Holgate, you've got... Godfrey, you've got Mina, you've got Keane. I think he's thinking, if I play three centre-backs, it obviously means I can rotate them a little bit more if I need to. And it means I can probably call upon, you know, I've got less players to have to try and rotate in the midfield areas. I actually think, even though it's been touted that he, he, you know, he's after a, a, another centre-back in January, I think he's thinking, actually, we've probably got more depth in that position than we have in others. Therefore, I have to play a back three. What, what do you think about that? It's a possibility. It's a possibility. It didn't work though, did it against? It didn't work against Burnley just because you've got, you know, more than enough centre backs doesn't mean no, that you're just to play. And I, I, I get what you're saying. I know I get what you're saying. He's, he's trying to work. He's looking at the players and trying to get the best out of the players he's got, isn't he? But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just think it it, does, it didn't work. On on, I don't think we. The only thing is, is not the only thing, but as I said before. It, it, well, against Burnley, he played. I think he played the three centre backs in the wrong position to start with, in terms of across the back. Uh, he had Mina on the right, Keane on the left, uh, Godfrey in the middle. I wouldn't if I'm playing. If you're playing three, you don't play them three. Uh, but so as I say, I, I'd go for just get your best two and just play your best two and just keep that understanding and keep keep it going because because you've got that many defenders. I mean, two of them at least are not good enough to play. I wouldn't want Holgate or Keane in, in the team if if I had a choice. Um, so. Yeah, I know no, what you're saying, but but just playing playing him because he's got the numbers isn't really. No, isn't I, really I, I'd, I'd, I'd be honest. I think that I think that's the only that's the only thing I can think because it's certainly not a. You know, I, I agree with you. It didn't work against Burnley. It didn't work against Villa. So it's the only thing I can think where he's thinking. Well, actually, I can play those three centre backs. I can still get out of the game where I want to get out of the game, but actually, it means that I've got a bit more protection in the way of backup. But anyway. Going on, to, you know, focusing specifically on who will play against QPR, I, I, I do think Holgate will come into the team. Um, I'm not sure whether he'll play Brantwaite. I mean, again, it's a, it all depends on whether he plays a back three again or, or he goes with a, you know, back four. Um, again, you, you just you'd expect Holgate to come in. You'd expect John Joe Kenny to come in. Um, and Konku's gone out on loan. <laughs> he sent him out on loan, which, again, another... Pretty baffling decision, considering we, you know, we've got a, a lack of a lack of depth in there. I know Delph's Delph out injured as well at the moment. So, must be, yeah. so again, I, I think the only certainty you can see is obviously I think Begovic will probably stay in goal just to give Pickford a, a little bit more rest. 
John Joe Kenny to come in, Holgate, um, Brantway potentially. I think he was maybe on the bench again at the weekend. Luca Dean will probably have to play, won't he? Because I don't think we've got anyone else to come in there. No. Gomez will play. Um, Davis will play, I think. Davis and 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 probably Gordon, and then you you probably <laughs> Ron's on. Um, yeah, Ron's on, and and, yeah. and one of the others out to Townsend. Maybe Townsend. I'm not sure. Or Gray or Hopey. Yeah, it just depends who's looking. Who's looking like they need a rest, and who looks like they can they can handle it, doesn't it? Might be a bit much for Townsend to play. If you play yeah. Saturday to play three three games in a week, probably. say probably Gray over that. Um, but it's Sims, you reckon Sims will get involved? He's expecting to get some minutes. I'm not sure he'll start. Um, you know, QPR are a better side than, than Huddersfield were or are marginally like, but they, they've had a good start to the season and they are they are a decent side. Um, from it, I think he might get minutes, but it'll depend how the game goes. Um, I think if he gets minutes, it probably means we're chasing the game. Which which won't be a good sign. It just yeah. means that because Rondon's not going to play the whole the whole game, is he? So if Rondon's playing, say he gives you an hour, mm. you're going to have to replace him with someone, aren't you? Yeah, it's interesting. Oh, yeah. I'm sure we'll know, will we? Until we see mm-hmm. who's who's available to the players that, that that weren't available at the weekend. But prediction, tough one. Obviously, you're not sure who's going to play, but um, yeah, I'd say we should we should we should be QPR. I think it'll be it'll be close. Um, Maybe a two-one. I go two-one Evan. I think I think I do think we will win. I'm gonna go two-two. Um, on us to win on pens. Why? <laughs> okay. Well, uh, moving on to socials, Phil. We we uh, I'm gonna ask you to you know focus a little bit, or we're gonna focus a little bit on Hamas Rodriguez. Fit well. In fact, no. We'll bring a maybe bring a red question if you've got one in first. Yeah, well, we we've got a few. I was thinking maybe end on the uh, the Hammers section yeah. Yeah. if you want. Um, yeah. We'll start with the blue one. Um, that bench, that team, that match day squad on Saturday, five hundred million spent, and we end with that. Someone's head needs to roll. Brands for two years now, we've heard that if we sell or get high earners off the books, we'll reinvest cleverly. Lukaku, Stones, Barkley, Rodriguez, Gay. They've all gone and we haven't and we still haven't invested cleverly. I bet you we won't either. Are you as frustrated with me at the past five years? And that's Anthony Power sent that into us. We have invested heavily though, haven't we? Is that we said we haven't invested heavily? Cleverly. Cleverly. Oh, cleverly. I thought, I thought, oh no, definitely hasn't been clever. Not nothing clever about it. Um yeah, I mean you can't disagree with the fact that you're looking at that squad, and as I said before, it's, it's, it's we're average. We've got an average squad, and I don't think we can expect to finish anything apart from you know, eighth, ninth this season. I said that in my predictions a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, the brand's question we've we've done to death. I don't know. We need to we need to go over that again. Um, but I can't, you can't disagree. It's been it's been when you when you put we done it the other week when we looked at all the the, the signings we brought in over since Machini came in. There's just a lot of average and below average players that not, you know we brought in for decent money and that are probably on decent money that just haven't worked. And yeah, looking at the squad, Judgy, on Saturday, it's kind of yeah, it, it was alarming. I mean, you've got to you've got to temper that with the fact that on top of the four players that, that we spoke about before, um, Delph, although you know he's still a squad player, isn't he? Gabamon was out as well. You're talking, I think, eight players we were missing at the weekend. I think outside of the top six, if you'd include maybe you know on top of on top of Liverpool, outside of Liverpool, Chelsea, United, City. Maybe I'm not even Tottenham. I mean, Tottenham looked threadbare the weekend. There's probably only those top four clubs that 
you know, if they can lose six players and still have an half-decent bench. You know, so I don't think we're, we're alone in, in, in outside of our, I think, best 18 players. It, it's pretty, you know, pretty grim. But obviously, going back to his points about the money, it, it hasn't been invested cleverly. I don't think there's any secret about that. Um, I, I, I'm not sure, like, you know, as I say, as you say, we, we've done the we've done the brands thing to death. We can touch any, any any more on that. But there was something else he said, Phil, towards the end of his question there, and I thought, I'm not sure... I agree. Oh yeah, sorry. The the reinvesting that money. Look, that we've spent that money. There's no no. There's no two ways about it. It's been spent. It's um, not intelligently. Was his point? Yeah, and no, I was saying about getting players off the wage bill. But yeah, that's a good point. You, you know, we 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 brought big money in potentially, and we, and we haven't spent it well enough. Um, I suppose. Don't, sorry. Go on, sorry. Right. No, go on. Carry on. Sorry, I thought you finished. I'm gonna say I don't think it's it's not been for the ones to try and has it. You know, we, we had that summer where we blew a lot of money. But at the time, I don't think anyone was thinking we blew it. There was the there was the lack of number nine that we didn't bring in, obviously, to to replace Lukaku. But when you're seeing the likes of Rooney and Class and first, and and although it was a lot of money for Sigurdsson, it was still players that come where you thought that's improving our squad and, and making it better. Obviously, when it's not followed up with success, and 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 as I say, when you don't bring in a, a natural replacement for Lukaku, you know it, that's where it was going to fall down, and you know we don't need to go near this, the likes of Balassi and all that because they were just dreadful signings. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it's that the money's not been reinvested, but I, I think the word that you've pointed out a few times is cleverly. I, you know, he was another terrible sign as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Pricey, sorry, what were you going to No, I was just going to say you're right that outside the top five, anyone would miss those players, but. I think the point is that we've spent that much money. We should we should have the squad, and I think yeah. that's the point he's trying to make, isn't it? And that's what I was referring to when I look at that squad and comparison to what we've spent. It, it is yeah. it's it's not good enough. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, red question. Uh, this is by uh, from Zach via the website. He said, "Really strong start, but I'm conscious that we were also here last season up until December. City dropping points has got a few of us a little too excited for me." A little bit of maturity, which comes from the experience of the last two seasons, is needed from both the staff and the fans. October is going to be a big month for us. Uh, let's keep our heads. So, Gary, um, is he right? Do we need to keep. Are we get. Is anyone getting carried away? I I don't think I've seen much of people getting carried away. To be fair, I think it's it's more in line with what we've seen over the past couple of years. You know, he's right in saying we we sort of lost it a bit in that in that you know bad spell last year. But other than that, the last two, two, three years, we've been up there with the best teams in Europe. You know, so I, I think we're, we've continued on that, that similar vein this year. And I, I, I haven't seen many people really saying, that's it, we're going to win the league. I think the majority of people th- are thinking it's going to be a close run season. You know, with, with how Chelsea finished last year and how they've started this year and the, you know, the obvious addition of Lukaku, they're, they're obviously going to be up there with the ones to beat. We know... All right, people get excited when City lose games because they don't lose many. But yeah. if you if you can get if you can get a few points at the City throughout the season, you know that's only a good thing. So I don't think people are getting too carried away. But it's it's certainly an exciting time. What I what I I was guilty of this as well. But what I always think now is when we're, when we're playing this good and when we are this good, if you can't enjoy it, when can you enjoy it? Yeah, do you know I what agree. I mean? Like. If 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 you can't get carried away when you're sitting top of the league after five games and and you've you've played one of the rivals and and you've won the Champions League in the last few years you've won the league in the last few years when can you enjoy your team being successful? 
I, I just I don't understand Probably what people want. Probably will end up being once in a lifetime for us, won't it? This level of, I mean, nice little stuff for some Reds. Since the start of 2018, Liverpool um, have won 278 points in the same time Man City have won 275. So are we getting carried away that City have just dropped four points in, in quick succession? Well, the last three years, I think, to go by, them three points are massive. Or can yeah. massive come the end of the season. So it is a reason to get a bit excited. As you say, I don't think anyone's saying we're going to win the league, but... We look good for it so far, and that's only what five games in or something. So you can't make predictions. But again, equally, good. equally, Chelsea look good for it, and Man United, yeah. Man United's looking strong. We know City aren't going to fall away. Then it's not going to come a point where they they drop seven points in in ten and they end up being fourth or fifth. They they're going to come good. They're going to sit back on top of the table at some point again this season. But uh, you, you take what you can get at the moment from them because they don't drop many points. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100, 100% agree. I don't know if there's, if there's much more to add. I think that answers that one. Um, okay, we'll move on to a boy question. Regular contributor, Sean Pugh. He said, how do you walk back at the Ancelotti era? Mad to say, but I wish it had, hadn't happened. We're actually worse off. Gary, are you? Um, <laughs> I think it's a difficult question to answer that. I mean, are we worse off in the sense that, you know, we went in a certain direction and then he's left when we were, you know, a very short way through that? Yeah. You know, did it, did it set us back from an expectations point of view? Yeah. Did it, did it, did it probably discourage the owner from, from investing a bit more money this summer? Probably. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it set us back. I mean, if you look at, just look at the signings alone and we looked at it briefly today, um, you know, Alan, Decore, Godfrey, them signings have took us forwards in my book, no question. We've just spoke about the squad depth or you know the lack of quality in the squad. All three of those players will be a mainstay in the squad for, for some period of time, I'd like to think. Um, the Hammers signing was almost come with the manager and it, it's obviously straddled, straddled us with, his, with a little bit of negative legacy in terms of like, you know, the money and, and the attitude that's kind of came with him since Ancelotti's left. But, you know, we're going to come on to that in a moment. But, you know, we, we, we put up we put up on the boards one of our best points tallies, despite the fact it was a poor league finish in the end. We got the, the monkey off the back of, of winner at Anfield, which was long overdue. Dominic Calvert-Lewin turns a massive corner and is now one of the best strikers in, in the, well, one of the best strikers in the country, if, you know, and up there in the league as well. There was a lot of positives that come out of Ancelotti's time in charge. Um, there was some poor football, you know, as, as we spoke about and we've been able to reflect on. But again, even at the time, I was saying, well, I think he's just doing what he can at the moment to get his points with with the you know with the the resources he's got at his disposal. So I don't completely agree with Sean to say that it was. I wish it didn't happen. You know, I think it it raised a few eyebrows at the time anyway. To you know, to other clubs and managers that wow, Ancelotti's chose to go to Everton, etc. Um, so no, I, I don't look at it with that type of attitude personally. Pricey, what about you? Same. I don't think it settles. It settles back. The the earlier Michelle's early appointments are, are what's you know settles back. I think Silver in particular was a was a, a, a just a wrong a wrong appointment. And I think he's he's what Ancelotti done was as as judges just said he brought that he just sort of took us up another level. Whether you know we know what's happened since he obviously left and everything, but 
he did. He did take us up another level, as 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 Evertonian as well. We felt like we were we were getting lifted to a, to a, you know a slightly higher level than we were before in terms of status, and then that's what he brought, and that's what we needed and wanted at that time. Uh, on the pitch, he's you know just said again, he brought in the signings he brought in. I don't think you can complain about those two that you've just mentioned. You know, we finished tenth, but we you know we fell off towards the last last five games of the season last season. Home form let us down. We had no fans in the ground. So I don't think we've gone backwards and I don't think I regret having Ancelotti. I mean, he sort of, Machiri's took that that appointment as an experienced football uh, manager who knows what he's doing. He's had success and he's replicated it with Benitez again. So I don't think he regrets it either. I think he's realised that that's the way to go. And uh, yeah, I think it is what it is, isn't it? He left, he left when he left, but I wouldn't say, wouldn't say a certain regret it. Right, the last question then comes from Nick Morris. Uh, this one's about Hamez. So he said, Hamez leaving is a really disappointing end to his time here with lots of unanswered questions. I think no matter what, he will always split opinion, even after he's gone. At the end of the day, Rodriguez, on his day, is the best player at the club. Behind the scenes, we will never know the true matter of what's being said by, by either party. Not getting Diaz because he chose to stay, only to then go to the UAE tops off a horrible long-winded saga uh, that we now need to move on from. Yeah, just before we, we, we reflect on that, just as fans, there's a few stats. I can't, I'll have to apologise here if the if the, uh, the contributor or the person who put these on, on a, a contributor, the person who put these on Twitter, I haven't got his name here, but it's it, just some stats of like, for, for all Rodriguez's flaws, and, and the, there are many legitimate ones, this is the guy who put it on, there's going to be a fairly significant void in Everton's creative threat next se- this season, uh, unless Benitez has a master plan. It's not yet clear. And it's got assists. He ranked second last year. Expected assists, fair. So that's like, again, I think it's that terrible uh, stat I think you used to use for Thiago. Uh, key, passes, key passes, I think that's another Thiago stat. First, completed passes into the box first, through balls first. Shot creating actions first. A lot of them are, are kind of those weird stats where you know these don't really show up anywhere, but obviously they, they demonstrate that the player's got an influence from a creative point of view. Is that he then counts it with his ne- counters it with his next tweet saying, but on the other hand, you stop paying 250 grand a week for a player who hasn't been in Everton's match day squad for 48% of their fixtures since he joined. So basically, since he joined, he, he's only took part in 50% of the match day squads. Does, does that do those stats make any difference in terms of your perception about what you know what you remember of Rodriguez and, and what you'll what his legacy will be for you, Pricey? No, the, the missing the games one is, is is the biggest one, no, because he did he did miss a lot of games, um, and it was games that you sort of got the impression he didn't fancy, and even though he look, I like I liked him, he was he was he was quality. He, we brought we brought that extra dimension to it. He got on the ball, he was brilliant. He you know really good player, but. But I do remember him missing games, and I do remember him going goal missing in games. I remember him um, not Sulkin's not the right way, but it wasn't going his way, he, or he wasn't in the mood. He, he wouldn't get involved, or he, he'd go missing for a bit. Um, and I think the way we're playing this season, we couldn't really afford for that type of mentality in the, in the team. It was a bit different in the way Ancelotti set us up, but the way we're playing this season, we couldn't really afford that. So it would have been nice to get rid of him in the summer and bring in a replacement. But if the opportunity is now to get rid of him and, and save that money for January or save that money for next summer, then it's a bit of a no-brainer. For, uh, I don't think. So as much as I like him, 
and I would have liked them to be integrated in Benitez's system. I just don't think it's going to work, and I think we are best just just cutting our losses. Yeah, I agree. And, and the last bit that the um, the listener uh, put in about was not getting Luis Diaz because Rodriguez didn't fancy coming. That was the bit that really soured it for me because he would have been a really good signing um, and, and a player that would have ticked all the boxes from a quality perspective, age, athleticism, potential, just everything really that, that would have really fitted in with this squad. And and, and that, that really disappointed me because it was obviously a move that financially the club needed to, to make to, to allow that deal to go ahead. And because Rodriguez, for some reason, didn't fancy it, maybe thought that it was going to be a bigger club that come at the time, he, he's decided not to go. And now, and now to, for him to end up in Qatar... Just says a lot about the, the I suppose his mentality now and how he's feeling about football in general. Um, but anyway, I, yeah, I, I agree with you, Pricey. I think it's you know it's time to, to cut our losses. If we can now spend this time between now and January and identifying the right person, hopefully going back in for Luis Diaz and and, and pulling that off it, you know, early in the January window, it'll be well worth it. Okay. Higher and lower next. Uh, that's the end of the uh, social media. So I think that's you this week uh, hosting it, isn't it, Pricey? Yeah, I've done a little higher or lower. Um, we'll go with Everton first. So what's after you remind me how it works? So, so if you give us the, you know, you, you set it up, how are you going to set it up? Um, give us a number to, to get as yeah. the marker what's higher or lower. And then you bring the Reds in first because it's an Everton one. They have their guess. And then I have my guess afterwards. Okay, so we so the 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 facts are around Goodison and Anfield. So for Everton, it's the Goodison one. So I'll go to the the Liverpool lads first for the Goodison's questions. Is it yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So Goodison's official capacity now stands at thirty nine thousand five hundred and seventy two. The first FA Cup final held at Goodison was between Notts County and Bolton in eighteen ninety four. Was the crowd higher or lower than the current capacity of thirty nine five seven two? What year? 1894. 1894. FA Cup final. Yeah. You well, think you think it'd be, you know, there's a lot more standing in the ground and people cramming in then. You, you, and an FA Cup final. You've got to go higher than that. I, I think the nineteen fifty World Cup final, I think, was in the Maracanã, and that was like there was hundreds of thousands of people at that ground. But were there in the 1800s? <laughs> that was 1950. 1800s. I mean, obviously, it stands in it. Um, do you know what? I think the very fact he's asking the question, I think it, it's like, I think it must be higher in the 1800s. So yeah, I'd, I'd go higher. We'll go higher then. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go the other way. I think it was a bit of a trick question. I think he was expecting us to latch onto the all standing thing. I know that obviously in the even in the 80s, there was like crowds of 60,000 or 50 odd thousand at times because everyone was cramming in and stuff. So I'm going to go the other way and, and suggest that maybe it wasn't as developed at that point for there to be enough space for more than that. So I'm going to go lower. Okay. So the capacity, sorry, the attendance was 37,000. So it was lower. Got to judge yeah. that one. Well done. We're sticking with the Everton questions, is it? Or yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got three Everton, yeah, and then. Okay, um, Romelu Lukaku scored 48 goals at Goodison. Has Duncan Ferguson scored more, or higher or lower, than 48 goals at Goodison? Lower. Yeah, 
think he's only scored about 50 in his career, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely go lower. Yeah, I'll definitely go lower than that. Yeah, I'm going to agree with the lads. Yeah, 47, only one lower, though. Ooh, only one lower. thought that was another trick question you might have uh, latched on to. Sure. The highest ever attendance at Goodison was against Liverpool in 1948. Was it higher or, lower, higher or lower than 75,000? Um, highest ever attendance at Goodison, higher or lower than 75,000 in 1948 versus Liverpool. So I have to say, it's going to be close either way, isn't it? Yeah. So, generally, I don't Yeah, so... I'll, I'll go marginally higher. Yeah, go ahead. I'll go with you. I think I've seen this and I think it's marginally lower, to be honest. What are you saying? Yeah, I'm going to go lower. It's higher, 78,299. Equaliser, back to 1-0. Yeah, it was, it was 7-1-0. <laughs> Judgy, these are questions about and relating to Anfield. Liverpool's longest unbeaten run at Anfield was between January 78 and January 81. So three years. They played 85 games and conceded 35 goals. But did they score more or less than 210? Wow. 80, how many games? 85 games. Again, I suppose it is going to be close either way, isn't it? Longest unbeaten run. I've got no idea, to be honest. But um, I'll go lower. Right, I'm thinking lower because I think 101 was our best ever. That was across two seasons. Obviously, that's across two seasons, and that, that combined will be 102. But this so, is at Anfield. Across three seasons, Phil. Oh, at Anfield. Three, three years, isn't it? It's, all, to it's only at Anfield as well. Oh, sorry, Anfield. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's Phil. <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm thinking lower, based on the number he's given us to start with. 210. I'm thinking it's going to be between 200 and 210, based just because of the, the mad figure to give in it. You reckon the game? <laughs> no, yeah, no. Do, do you know what? Thinking about it, if you score an average of hundred game, hundred goals per thirty-eight games you play, and more, more of them going to come at home, aren't they? I, I think I'm marginally higher. I'm thinking marginally higher, me. Okay. Okay. I'll I'll go with you, but I'll. I'll Based on the maths, <laughs> you've gone for psychology. I've gone for maths. Go ahead. <laughs> you're going higher, judge. He's going lower. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's higher. Ah, two hundred goals. So two one to Liverpool. Sadio Mane has scored fifty four Anfield goals. They'll know this. <laughs> if you just give us the answer there, right? So is so, oh, no, what do they? What do they say? No, fair, yeah, I think I have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the only one. I've got more written down. Okay. As, well, can I do the reverse, can I? I thought you were going to have another player. Like I have, I've got more players here. Let me let me have a look. <laughs> so 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 Mane hasn't scored 54, he scored 57. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you just play with us a second. Anfield. Anfield. Oh, I've killed it here, haven't I? My first goal at the end of the host. Phil's done this before, so don't feel too bad. I'll be yeah. in there, but I moved swiftly on, to be honest. Yeah, I'll just move swiftly on. <laughs> I'll go to the next one. So Liverpool's record attendance at Anfield was in 1952. 
was a higher or lower than Everton's record attendance, and Everton's record attendance was 78,000. It's embarrassing to ask if it's higher, isn't it? So I'm assuming it's going to be lower. <laughs> You're going on psychology now, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think in those days they weren't chartering flights from Norway, so I'm definitely going to say it's lower. Do you agree, Gary, lower? Uh, yeah, that go lower. Yeah, it's lower, 61,905. Go on. 15,000 Scandinavians who ain't getting over for that thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, last one, I'll change this up. So, Mo Salah has scored 73 goals at Anfield. Has Michael Owen scored more or less? Oh, this is going to be close. 73. You've got feelings less, but I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's on Judgey anyway. I'm going to say more. More who? Michael Owen so, scored. Michael Owen scored more. So oh. higher. Higher. So Owen scored just, higher than 73. Let's just say higher and secure the winner. <laughs> <laughs> um, do that. Should have to both say your answer at the same time in the last one. Yeah. Okay, go on. Let's choose that then. Higher. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. I'll go I, so the, think, we, we'll go away for the fun of it. Okay, so the answer is 77, higher. <laughs> oh, that's the draw. Phil Jagielka at, at the car. At the shin. Oh, that's been mentioned <laughs> twice now. It's disgusting. <laughs> I battled through that anyway and managed to, oh, to, to come up with my last question, but there you go. That's right, 2-2. Two, two. Take that. Take that after being behind. Okay, so we're just going to briefly, before we finish, going to briefly preview the league games this weekend. So, starting with Ourselves, Pricey, um, at home to Norwich, three o'clock. I mean, I, I, the stats have been flying around today. Well, you know, the terrible start they've made and this, that, and the other. Enter Everton. Always the way. It's always the way. Um, I, 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 we, you know, we play, I, I can't, I think we'll beat, I mean, do our predictions at the end, but go on, we'll carry on. No, no, I, I, yeah, it's it's a game really where you know you just you just had a, a disappointing defeat away from home. You know you you want to play a team like Norwich at home, don't you? And and hopefully take them to the shore, play in the front foot. It'll be an interesting one to see how he approaches it because we have had the chance so far to be able to play relatively, you know, on the counter, haven't we? We've seen that spell against Burnley where we just went and gone. We pressed the life out of them. Um, I'm not really sure how, how Norwich have been playing so far, whether they've been, you know, that, trying to play out from the back or nothing like or anything like that. Um, I, I think he's going to make it about the the off the ball work, if you know what I mean, and just really like strangle them and just try and play it as a, a higher intensity as possible. But it's going to need, you know, if you're going to play in that vein, you, you need forwards on the pitch, don't you? And that's the bit that I'm I am concerned about. You need players running in behinds and stretching them and stuff like that, and that's the bit I'm, I am concerned about. It. If it looks like almost certain that we're going to be missing still at that point with Charleston and Carvalho, and that's my only bit that I'm I'm worried about. You know, with with that proposition of, of playing Norwich at home, which you know I'd be fairly certain that they're going to be looking to frustrate us and and you know and hit us on the break. Yeah, the issue the issue is going to be if we've got. If they can let, can let us have the ball at the back and they just sit back and say, you have it and you break us down, I think we'll struggle to do that. I think you're right. I think if if, if, if we make it a battle of getting in the faces and, and making them come at us a little bit more and, and we can try and pick them off with Gray and Townsend, 
then we'll have more of a chance. But I think if they if they just if they sit back, it's going to be a frustrating afternoon because that Burnley Burnley sat back to start with in the in the game in the midweek, and we 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 don't we don't we can't do it when we've got possession. We struggled last season with it, and this season again, we 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 struggle with the ball. You know, you know, with our centre backs on the ball, the movement's not there. I don't know what what it is. We lack something when we've got when we've got teams who sit back and allow us to have the ball. So if we can make it more of an arm wrestle and make it more, you know. In the channels and, and and play it that way, then I think we've got more of a chance. But as you say, without a centre forward, or if Rondon's playing, which he, I'm sure he will, and he's still off the pace, which again I'm sure he he will be, then then yeah, it, it does become a problem, becomes an issue in, in playing that way as well. So I don't know how Norwich have been playing. I haven't really watched. I don't know they've conceded a lot of goals. I couldn't tell you how they've been playing. I couldn't tell you how they were set up. But if I was them, I'd, I'd just sit back and let us have the ball because I think we struggled doing that. Who he had yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a. I think the one thing I, I'm going to say categorically is we can't play for these centre backs in Norwich. Like, I mean, straight away, I think that sends a message almost to the to the fans and the players. You know, whichever way you you try and talk about that shape, how it's going to work. Playing three centre backs is five at the back, isn't it? You're playing your full backs in in attack and wide position. Then all Dean is a you know, an attacking fullback. I mean, how long's how long's Coleman out for? I don't know. To be honest, I don't need, I, That's another factor, know. isn't it? It is another yeah. factor. But I'm like Godfrey in that position again. The three at the back as well. I think it, you don't get your best out. You out of Gray and and, and Townsend on the wing either because they're forced to have to come in, and then you're losing that you're losing that width, and then you're losing them crosses coming into the box, which we found in the first half against Burnley. Uh, I, I hope he doesn't go. I can't see him going three at the back. I think he'll go four four two. Um, but again, it depends. As you say, it depends on whether Coleman's back and, and the personnel we've got and who we can put in there. But I don't know about Coleman's injury. I don't know much about it. Yeah, and and it also adds an interesting dynamic to tomorrow's game, really, because if, if we're saying we're both agreeing that we need a forwards on there, don't we? We can't we can't be without any forwards. Obviously, you start Rondon tomorrow because he needs the minutes, but then he'd probably have to come off at like. Half time or sixty minutes mm-hmm. only, just to make sure that he's fit for Saturday yeah. and he's able to play again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and make sure yeah. he doesn't actually get injured on the game on the day as well. Exactly. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of conundrums in there. You know, some players might put themselves in the frame for for Saturday. You know, we've, we spoke about Gordon. It might be a decent game for Gomez if we are talking about the side that are going to drop off, and we're looking for a player who can who has got, I suppose, some of those passes in his locker that can stretch teams. You know, when he is at his at his you know, when he's playing better than he has been, um, it might be a game for him as well. So I, I think that I think there's some players who will want to put them put themselves in the frame tomorrow to, to play on play on Saturday, and, and hopefully they do. You know, um, so yeah, let, let's go into the prediction because again, these are always tough to to predict, or you know, lineup wise, aren't they? So we'll we'll go with the prediction of the the result then. Crazy. I just think I think we're doing you know. We're doing all right at home. We're we're not doing brilliant. We're not playing brilliantly, but we're getting the results, and the crowd seems to be on side. I think we'll I think we'll beat them. I think it'll be. Uh, I'm actually going to say we'll win. We'll we'll score two or three against them. To be honest with you, um, I do think it'll be a bit of an arm. I think they'll they'll try and come at us. I don't think they will st- sit back. I know I said that that's what I would do if I was them, but I don't think they will. Um, well, I hope they won't anyway. And then I think we can try and pick them off, and I fancy us to win two or three now. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go three one. Um, I, th- I think they might nick one. 
either out of a set piece or something. A player I didn't mention really, I think it'll be really important against these and, and he's showing a bit more of this ability in games as Decore. I think if you can just give him a bit more license to get in the box and get on the end of things, I think he's a player who, who, who teams find it hard to, to deal with in the area. So I'm, I'm tipping Decore to get on the score sheet and, and for us to win 3-1. Okay, so uh, moving on to the, the later kickoff, Brentford's away. Tricky assignment really because they, they've, had a, they've had a good start, haven't they? And, and they've shown particularly against the top sides, that, that they can dig in and, and 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 be hard to score against. So, again, I think one of your, the tougher games you've had so far. Yeah, they've had good results against, who is it, Villa and... Arsenal. Arsenal, Arsenal 2-0. Yeah. So, they've shown that they're, they're willing to come and have a go. I mean, I haven't watched all of their game. They don't need, didn't they, at the weekend there as well. Um, I'm assuming that the... They're having a go in games. I as I say, I haven't watched, but it seems to me that the you know the goals they're getting, you must be having a go. So you know so it was it was wolves at the weekend, Phil. To be to be wolves, yeah, yeah. Two 0 really. Um yeah, I mean obviously they're coming at teams and I'm thinking that, you know, that would be ideal for us if we did, but like what 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 Pricey's just said there, but I'm sure it's not that simple, <laughs> you know. Um I think the the form that Liverpool are in and the team that we're likely to play, having rested players midweek, I think will be full strength. And you know whether they give us a battle, whether they sort of sit back, whether they come at us, I'd like to think we've got all the answers. I mean, it's a bit of a boring way to analyse a game, isn't it? To to talk of it like that, just to say that whatever they do won't be good enough. But it's kind of how it should be and how it feels to me, Gary. Yeah, I don't think it really matters what they've done in other games at the moment. When they come up against the, the likes of Liverpool and probably City, Chelsea this season, they're gonna sit in. They're gonna they're gonna try and make it difficult for us to break them down. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna do what we hate teams doing against us in, historically. Um, as you say, you, you've got to you've got to think that we're gonna have enough if for, for, if they do that to be able to break them down to be able to come away with the three points. I think. That even Tony, I think they're their main striker. He's the he's just got a couple of goals there and should have had another couple to be fair. They got got a couple of disallowed on the weekend. Um he he looks like he, he could be a bit of a sicky sicky character to play against. But again, I think he, he's he's coming up against a better defender than what he's come up against so far. And um yeah, I'd I'd like to think that we, we, we will have too much. On the on the lineup, we know we're without Thiago. He's they've said he's gonna miss a couple of games at least with this calf injury he picked up. Yeah. Um so who would you who would you think will deputize it? Will it be Cater coming in or um I think it will be Cater. I don't uh, Cater seems to have the nod ahead of Chamberlain, doesn't he? I mean, I'd make an argument for Milner, but I do think going forward, I think Cop would like it to be Cater. And I think given the goal he's just scored and some of the decent form we we've spoke about, I think he well, be- might have a bit of confidence. Yeah, yeah, just play him because it, it is sort of poor management on Naby Keita's behalf at least to bring him on, let him see him play well, let him get that goal, and then take him out again. It it, it starts to get harsh on the player then, doesn't it? Especially when there's a there's an opening there with Thiago being injured. I think if yeah. Thiago's fit, the, there's not really a question. I think you keep that same three midfield. Um, yeah. But yeah, with the opening being there, I, I'm not against whoever he brings in, to be honest. I think Milner, Cater, Oxley, chamberlain 
I, I don't think it really matters. I think you, you're getting a, a decent player replacing Thiago. You're getting different types of players, but yeah. you're getting decent players no matter what. So I, th- I think attacking-wise, I, I, I think I'd rather it be a Cater or Oxlade-Chamberlain as, as opposed to it being James Milner. Um, although that's mad because you know what you know you're getting eight out of ten out of Milner regardless. But I just think creative-wise and, and attacking-wise, I think you. you We'd probably be better with Oxley Chamberlain or an Abicator. Um Front three, same. Jota, Salah, Mane. No chance of Origi getting in there. No, no, definitely not. No, no. Um, you know, the kinds of they're on fire. Mane and Salah. Bobby's injured. I think you know you just got to keep, as you said before, put Jota in there, and he'll start putting them chances away because it seems like that's the type of player he is. But. I mean, right back though, Trent was he just feeling sick on the day, weren't yeah, he? Yeah, he said he was ill. Yeah, he said it was. He done all the tests. It wasn't COVID, and not. I know it can take a few days to come out with the COVID test, but nothing's been said since. So I'm assuming it was just a slight illness. So hopefully he's back. I don't think you'd see him tomorrow anyway. So he'll probably be back for the weekend. I'd say. Yeah. We should add, we should add really, Gary, shouldn't we? The the reason we're reason we're recording remotely again yeah. for everyone is that. Gary's still unfortunately self-isolating. Um, yeah, me until Thursday. So, Been grim. so, so I, I forgot to mention at the start, to be honest, but, but yeah, for anyone who, who's going to say that the audio isn't quite what they expected this week, then we have got an excuse. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, Gary. Sorry about you. Yeah, that's all right. Um, yeah, so I think I think once we see the, the team tomorrow and, and who's not playing, I think you'll probably be able to pick the side for, for the weekend. Yeah. Um, and Matip's just being rested, isn't he? Uh, he was in the last yeah, game. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, so. uh, I don't think we've got any new injuries other than Thiago and obviously Elliot. I don't think there's any other injury injury worries. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So predictions. Um, I, I think another convincing win. I'm going to go three nil. Um, I'll go two nil. I, I think they will be quite resolute, Brentford. I think they'll try to be, but the form that Salah and are in. You won't keep us out. Two 0 Ambitious. Okay, fair enough. Um, so yeah, that, that concludes that concludes the, the latest episode of Cross the Park Podcast. Um, again, thanks for everyone for your questions. Thanks again to our sponsors, Camber Kings, for their amazing support. Um, and thanks, uh, thanks again, everyone, for listening. Enjoy the rest of your week. Cheers.